What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Dimato Bono. Fellas, how are we feeling? Feel fantastic. Thanks for asking, King. Always. Yeah, pumped up. Uh, I've been excited for this episode for a little bit. I feel like I talked about this a couple weeks ago, too, so I'm pumped we finally get to go do it. Uh, Best prospect team fit, so let's fucking go. Yeah, so we're each picking three prospects and three team fits that we absolutely love. But before we get to that, got a big playoff weekend. So we're going to start with some playoff previews. We'll start with the first game Saturday, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Unbelievable comeback for Jacksonville last week. Can't believe they pulled that out. Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions. Um, Kansas City, obviously off a of bye. Ray, how are we feeling about this game? What's the uh, spread right now? It's seven, eight, eight, and eight, eight and a half. I see. Eight yeah, and I saw half. eight and a half. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you're. I see. Feel like you're a glass half full type of guy because you called that a what a comeback by uh, Jacksonville. I thought <laughs> about that. What a collapse by fucking L.A. I locked that shit up after, in the first quarter, and boy, I've never felt more like Dean in my life. It's, it was <laughs> disgusting, actually, self-loathing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that that was crazy to watch. Uh, Trevor Lawrence look couldn't do anything right that first quarter. And I, I mean, short memory, one of the biggest traits I feel like in a quarterback, uh, especially in come playoff time, that guy just was lit it the fuck up the second half. It was pretty uh, sweet to see. Uh, but he, they have their hands full at KC this week. Um, I feel like, I mean, eight and a half is a solid spread in my eyes. I feel like Kansas City, their offense is going to be able to move the ball at will, uh, at least for a little bit. I mean, if Jacksonville plays that they played in that second half, maybe not, but I like Kansas City in this game. I think their offense is just a little too explosive. Nice. Dean, how you feeling about this one? Yeah, um, I will say that for this game, it, it, it feels like there's a good – there's an actual chance that Jags could possibly pull this off. Don't forget last year the two one seeds got knocked out in the divisional round. Very true. Um, Really, it's playoff football. Anything can happen. And this could be potentially a position where the Chiefs maybe, you know, looking towards next week. I know it's the playoffs, so obviously you would think that they're not, but there's a chance that they are overlooking them. And Doug Peterson's going to pull out all the stops. Last time they played the first play of the game, they did like an onside kick, with it, which they recovered. Uh, definitely look out for some craziness from Doug Peterson. He does obviously know Andy Reid well. They, they, uh, he was an assistant coach on Chiefs before he got the Philadelphia Eagle position, and that's really it. That's concise. Keep going. <laughs> good, good job, Dean. Good well, one, one, one uh, matchup I'm looking forward to is your, your guys, your guys's guy, Devin Lloyd. I feel like he's got a big task ahead of him. He's got a. He's got to help try to uh, lock down Travis Kelsey if they have any chance of winning. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see both him and and Muma on him. Look for McKinnon out of the backfield. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What is he on? Six games in a row with a receiving touchdown? Six, six games in a row. I'm probably going to. Since Marshall Falk. Fucking yeah. craziness. I'm probably going to bet it again. Uh, give me a winner and give me a pick against the spread. Uh, I'm, going, uh, I'm going Chiefs outright and with the spread. I think they're just going to be too much. I'm going Taking 30, the Jags. 30 24 Chiefs. Ooh. Jags cover. I like it. I'm going to take the Chiefs on a. I'll take the Jags to cover too. I like that. Um, I saw a stat that the one seeds 
with point spreads over seven uh, are horrible against the spread. So I'll roll with that. We saw the Chiefs do it all year, uh, really, really quick. We really saw did them do it all year when it was above like a touchdown. Sharps love betting against the Chiefs. Yeah, it looked obvious that they would just stomp these teams, and they always kind of let them hang. And it, it was always very weird, but they never covered. I I don't remember them covering anything over ten points. Right. All right. We'll get to the second game here on Saturday. Big NFC East matchup with Philly taking the first two, but. Hey, tough to beat a team three times. Got the New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles coming off a bye. The Giants, really nice win over the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Jones played really well. Dean, how are we feeling about this one? Uh, I'm sorry, which game? I was reading something really quick. Uh, Giants-Eagles. G-Men? Oh, damn. Uh, well, what's the line here? It seven is and a half. seven and a half. That is bonkers. Holy shit, that is disrespectful as fuck. To Dable, um, and obviously G Men, uh, Daniel Jones obviously played lights mm-hmm. out. I think it pretty much is. I mean, this is they're gonna have their number, and I they haven't. This is not gonna be their third time playing each other. Let's be real. They played them with backups, and you know, week eight, week eighteen, it was completely a completely a non game. So this will technically be their second time playing each other this year, and I mean, this team is amped the fuck up. They're at an all-time high. We always say that the you know the team you always got to be scared of the teams that are ascending instead of descending or plateauing. The Eagles were starting to a little bit plateau. They haven't been without they've been without Jalen Hurts for a few weeks. You have to imagine there might be a miss a mishap there, maybe a misstep, maybe take them a little bit a quarter or two to you know kind of get back on track on where they were when he didn't. Didn't Hurts play that last game? He played the last week. Yes, he did. Cool. Thanks, Ray. Um, anyway, still, they they were without him a few weeks, and this is an ascending G- Giants team that are going to be riding a high and ready to do anything to get this win. And Dable's not going to play scared. He's not going to coach scared. He's gonna he's gonna fucking oh fuck off, Ray. Um, he's <laughs> he's not going to play. <laughs> he's not going to play scared. Uh. Coach scared. I apologize. He's going to pull out all the stops and, you know, really do some crazy shit to get this big upset. But I'm definitely going to be taking G-Men covering that seven and a half. I think that's way too rich. And I think this will go down to the last few minutes and potentially like a, a field goal uh, at the buzzer kind of game. All right. Right. How about you? I mean, I, I, I've been talking shit about the Giants all year. I think that the talent discrepancy is going to be too much in this game. So I, if, I, if I'm betting anything, I'm betting Eagles money line. I think Eagles win, but they're so well coached, dude. J- Dable really has his team playing so efficiently. And he made Daniel Jones the app. He made him so much money this year. It's actually insane. That guy's going to get paid this offseason. He's playing the best football of his career by far. Just not turning the ball over, playing efficiently. And he, they, he runs so much, like, and he decides to run so quick. It's kind of annoying as watching it, but like coming from watching Zach Wilson, like who refuses to do that and just drifts and throws the fucking duck in the air. I guess take the yard. You can't go broke taking a profit. So it's working for them. Um, he's got to keep, if they want any chance to win this game, he's got to keep playing clean. Can't turn the ball over. Cause this Eagles team is way, way too good. The talent discrepancy, like I said before, is just too much. So uh, I think I'm leaning Eagles money line. And then I, if I had to guess, I wouldn't touch the spread like actually, but I'll say the Giants cover. 
Yeah, should be a good one. I just feel like this is a really bad matchup for the Giants. But you're right. Table's got this team playing great, so who knows? I think I would take the Eagles to cover. I just think the talent gap is too much, and playing in Philly is the best home field advantage in the NFL. All right, Homer. <laughs> hey, can't beat him, join him. Just kidding. I'll never do that. Jet up, baby. Let's go. Uh, let's get to the first one on Sunday, uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo Ray. This is the game that we didn't get, unfortunately. Um, but good thing. DeMar Hamlin's feeling, feeling better. And, uh, he's back with the team. How are we feeling about this one? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is game of the year. It was, I think it was on pace to be that before. Obviously it got ended in that shocking, uh, incident. I wonder he wasn't he didn't go to the game the day of last week, right? He that motherfucker better be there this week. If he's there, that those rowdy ass hillbillies are gonna go ballistic. Um <laughs> I'm really excited to see this game. I think it's just they're I feel like they're both teams are so evenly matched up. Uh I I'm leaning Bengals here. I just think that they have too many weapons. I think Burrow plays way too efficiently in uh, when it matters most. Uh, I feel like we've seen lately Josh has been turning the ball over a lot more. Sure, he's a freight train. He's gonna run. He's gonna get his. He's gonna get his. He's a gunslinger. But the, the lack of their weapons, I think, is a little concerning. Um, they've been running the ball a little bit better of late, but I just don't know if they're gonna be able to lean on that when it matters most. So I like the Bengals in this game. Dan, who you got? Yeah, this is going to be the game where not having Von Miller. And I know that was you know X amount of weeks ago. Oh, good call, Dean. Going to be what hurts the most there go they really would have needed him this this Bengals o-line is a little bit beat up after last week uh most notably jonah williams and that needs to be exploited uh because i agree with ray i'm i'm leaning i'm leaning burrow and i'm leaning the Bengals here i think they have a great shot to show up with that defense that played pretty impressive against the ravens last last week and i really think that we shouldn't be fixated on how inefficient the Bengals offense was last week, but really more on the fact that the Bills defense, of course, it led up, I think, like 16 points to turnovers. But what was it, 31 points to, you know, an anemic Skylar Thompson ran, uh, you know, Finn's, Finn's team, which should never, ever happen. Even if it was technically like 21 points to let up, I, I'm, I was still shocked they were moving the ball. And... That's where you're going to need, you know, that's where you're going to need fucking to get the pass rush there and really be effective in making uh, Joe Burrow fucking, you know. Uh, you got uncomfortable? it. Uncomfortable? Yeah, cool. Uh, I, I did forget about the, uh, what you call it, I forgot about Jonah and Alex Kappa's mispractice too. So I feel like they really need to get those guys back. I think that will be a huge factor. Uh, They're going to play though. Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. They're, you know, offensive linemen don't want to miss games like this, I feel like. Yeah, so. they're going to play. And more than any other position, they're going to play through hurt and yeah. injuries. Just shoot yeah. up. Just shoot, shoot up that up. fuck. Yeah, straight up. Just shoot them up. <laughs> fuck yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy this line is five and a half right now. I feel like that's really disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense because of the injuries, to be honest with you. I think the fact that they're off the line is so beat up. I know the uh, Bills are missing Von Miller, but they still got a good front. Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, uh, Matt Milano blitzes a lot. He's I feel like he's gets at the quarterback too. I mean that guy's a, that guy's one of the most underrated players in the game. But is he um, all pro? You just got all pro. 
<laughs> I, I don't think that. I mean, that's, I'm talking about like common people, like average Joes on the street, like the common folk. Yeah, that's I'm a man fair. of the people, Dean. I'm not a fucking elitist like you. PFF. Yeah, right? I'm an elitist. All right, let's get to the last one. Dallas, San Fran should be a good one. Dean, what do you think about this one? San Fran, baby. I, I I know that the Cowboys were impressive to a lot of people, but they weren't impressive to me last week because that Bucks team was going to get destroyed. And I, I said it maybe a hundred times. And you guys thought otherwise, but I digress. By the way, it was perfect. Who the wait, who the fuck who the fuck thought otherwise? We all we said was that we weren't going to bet against Brady. No, you guys said you th- you thought the cow- you guys said you thought the Bucks would win. Not me. I have a fucking Cowboys Super Bowl ticket. Thank you very much. Watch your fucking tongue. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was sauce then. Fucking sauce. I was going to say something derogatory. Good thing I uh, refrained. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> Niners team is going to. Words. This Niners team is really going to make it difficult for this Cowboys offense. They're starting to click on all cylinders, and obviously CD looks very good. They haven't really been able to run very efficiently, though, uh, and they're definitely not going to find more success here against this insane, absolutely unreal defense of the 49ers, who Fanga is just going to be all over the place. Nick Bosa might be the best defensive player in football, and Fred Warner is obviously the best doing it from the middle of the field. So they're just going to make it unbelievably hard for them. And uh, Brock Purdy has been playing well enough. And Kyle Shanahan, you know, is going to have a great game plan to go out there and, you know, make it easy for him as possible. Then you have Debo's the Yak King. Kittle is just getting touchdowns. This team is this team's going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to win it, but they're going there. They'll beat the Eagles. Craig, what do you got in this game? I mean, I mentioned my uh, Dallas Super Bowl tickets. I'm a little biased, but and that, I mean, that being said, I'm rooting for Brock Purdy, dude. That's just, I feel like it's a sick story, and I'm a big – I love the 49ers. I feel like they're like our little cousins out west, you know, or our big cousins, I guess. That's what we yeah. want. That's what we strive to be. Um, <laughs> you, I love me out west. <laughs> I love me some Nick Bosa. But I think this is going to – just overall, I think this is going to be another great game. I think Sunday is obviously the uh, better slate which is good because, you know, Saturday we got more than just football on, which is going to be fun to watch. Um, I think the four-point the four point spread is in uh, San Fran's favor is kind of wild. Um, if, if anything, I'm leading Dallas. I may even try to tease that up a little bit, get it to double digits. But I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. Uh, I think at the in the end the, – oh, this one I'm going to say. I forgot. Dude, Bill, the Cowboys rolling with Mar again. I, that, the craziest yeah. thing is that collapse by the Chargers. I swear to God, was the second craziest thing of the weekend. That <laughs> that Mar performance, I never seen anything like it. Four that in a row, crazy dude. I almost stayed up to watch the end of it just to see if they would give him another go and he'd uh, miss it. Luckily, I went to sleep and he made it because that was just I mean, yeah. that's, that's a momentum killer. But uh, the fact that they're rolling with him again is crazy. I mean, um, he made some big kicks in, during the year. Like dude, I don't, you missed four extra I know. points, man. He had the yips. You had the yips, the definition of the yips. I just think it's crazy that they're going to – I mean, it's, I feel like it's almost Mike McCarthy putting his job on the line, to be honest with you. But um, that being said, fuck, I'm just so biased because of this. I want the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. But I feel like uh, San Francisco may squeak this one out. So I thought, I like Cowboys with the points, uh, San Francisco to win. Yeah, absolutely crazy. This Brock Purdy <laughs> road trip we've been on the last – Month and a half. You see the Trey Lance uh, 
see so like tweeted or Instagram something after uh, the Titans hired like an ex 49ers uh, like an exec. I didn't see him. Like, what do you say? He what like tweeted it? something like the eye emojis or like something like that. So like maybe he's looking to get the fuck out of San Fran, which would be crazy for how many draft picks they traded to move up and get him. But if you got your guy, then sunk. who cares where he who cares where he came from? Yeah, I was debating this with Chris today. He was saying that they have to hold on to both of them. Um, I think if you can get a, a second round pick back for Trey for Lance, Lance. I, think, I think you do it. I think you just eat, bite the bullet on what they gave up to go get him. Uh, I think you roll with Purdy and sign like a veteran as a backup personally. But this Purdy, be curious. Who gets you more in a trade, Purdy or Lance? Lance, I would say. You can't trade Purdy. We can't trade Purdy. You can't unless he absolutely implodes and then like screams something very not good into a camera. I don't think you can trade him. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I will say I, I think they should keep Lance. I think it'd be really cool to to have them. I, th- I think the competition would be good. The two young guys from the same draft, and I feel like there's an extra chip on Inco- Lance. Incorrect again. Incorrect. Oh, obviously from a different draft. He was two years ago, but um. But I think there's still obviously a chip on his shoulder that he's Mr. Irrelevant. And, you know, they brought in the I, Lance went third, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they traded up, obviously, the third pick to, you know, gave up, gave away all these assets to get this guy. And I'm sure he's been, you know, at the beginning of the offseason was behind him and thought there was no shot. I think there's cool to have them compete. And, you know, Jimmy G is going to be gone. So I, I personally would keep it. I don't think it's worth. They probably can't even get a second. I, I would probably guess it'd be like a third. Um and or like a you know a back end of a second which I don't even think it's worth it at that point just keep Lance and have them compete. Yeah, I actually wouldn't hate that move for Tennessee if that's who they went out and, and grabbed. I feel like I like Tennessee as an option there and uh, Atlanta even if they can't uh, swing a deal for like Lamar or something I wouldn't even hate that. But yeah, let's get off let's, let's get you. off these games. Let's go let's get right, to the fucking meat. The meat, concise, gentlemen. All right. <laughs> All right. Should be a good weekend, though. Looking forward to it. Let's get to the main event. Favorite prospects, favorite fits. Uh, who wants to start? Uh, I'll start, I guess. All right. right. Give, it, give us your first. Uh, so we're going to kind of go in order that they would get drafted. Good shit. Right. I just typed that out. That to, right I, just, I just typed that out to Big Dino just so he would know. But thanks for saying it. I'm here. Um. So my first one, I'm going. I'm going to be a homer, even though I saved this one for someone to take, and you guys just refused to take it. So I had to claim it. I'm going Paris Johnson Jr. to the Jets. Um, realistically, I don't know if he's going to get to 13. To be honest, I think that he's in real consideration to be OT one, and rightfully so. But I mean, I think he's everything you want in a left tackle prospect. He's a five star recruit coming out of high school. Um, started the last 23 games at Ohio State. Uh, last year he was right guard all season. And then kicked over the left tackle this year fucking seamlessly. Um, I think that that versatility, especially in today's NFL, or just NFL in general, uh, I think it's big for the offensive line in particular. I think that, uh, especially for the Jets, their line has just been banged up constantly. I love the fact that you can uh, move a guy across the line pretty seamlessly and you get just to get your best five out there. Um, he only allowed one sack, I think, this year. One penalty, too. So he's super clean prospect. His tape is really good. Um, he moves a lot better. I mean, not, not a lot better, but his, uh, run blocking, I think is a, a little bit ahead of his pass blocking right now, which is something that as a fan who watched, um, obviously every game this year, 
didn't really realize how efficient he was as a run blocker. He gets to the second level super easy. Uh, real good mover, even though um, the Jets aren't running that Mike LaFour scheme anymore. I think the mobility at tackle is big in today's NFL. Uh, I think he has to improve his like strength and anchor. I think he's a little bit uh, not weak, but I think it's just something that he's got to work on at the next level when the guys get bigger, faster, stronger. So he's got to get a little stronger and improve some of his hand placement issues. But I think he has the makings to be an all-pro tackle, so I love the fit there. Nice. Like it. Yeah, Jets desperately, and I don't think there's any question that it's going to be an offensive lineman that we take in the first round. You never know, dude. It's too early. Yeah. If I know my boy Joey D, and I do know my boy Joe. There's a chance that the top three aren't even there. There's a chance the top three aren't there, and I can I could really see. I could see. Um, I could see them filling that hole in free agency, the off season possibly. And I can see if Brian Bersie falls, I could see them snacking him. But snacking him, snagging, snagging. Oh, He's got a goddamn snack. All right, I'll go. <laughs> All right, um, who you got? All right, uh, I like this one a lot. I feel like it's it's kind of cool. Um, I'm gonna do AR15 and Anthony Richardson to the Ravens. Ooh. Say say what you want to say. You want to I say, say I was gonna say reach, but it just doesn't really fit in that situation. So <laughs> go, go ahead. Why does it fit in that situation? I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not really that much of a reach. So it doesn't really. Oh fit. right, yeah. No, I was gonna say. You know, Ravens are at twenty three right now. You know, uh, I I didn't know I what you were gonna like say. He will, so he'll obviously be reached on. Uh, I don't even see him getting to twenty three. The longer and further we get into the draft process, he he'll probably end up being a top fifteen pick. I'd be shocked if he's not. There's just a ton of talent there. And, you know, the lack of experience are going to have a lot of GMs just looking at it and, you know, guessing if maybe, you know, there's some untapped potential there, which he obviously has a boatload of potential. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is that right now the odds for Lamar Jackson's team next year, uh, the, I believe the fourth favorite or third favorite at like plus 500 is the Ravens. So currently it's like an implied odds of 20% that he's going to be in, you know, in the purple and black starting next year. So they got to start looking for the next quarterback and AR 15 fits for a lot of reasons. And it'll fit that offense that they put in place for Lamar Jackson for a lot of reasons. He's going to be a guy who has, you know, all the arm talent to make all the throws. And just like Lamar Jackson coming out of college, he had a ton of question marks about accuracy. Same as AR-15 paired with the absolute incredibly, incredibly like generationally rare running ability and, and athleticism. So I feel like AR-15 would be cool to see John Harbaugh get his hands on him and maybe, you know, if, if he can allow for him to sit out a year behind a Tyler Huntley or guy they can get, I I could see this being a, a, you know, the same way he did with Joe Flacco. I feel I could see this being a, an awesome get for them. They'll most likely need to trade up though. Right. I mean, if they move on from, if Lamar's gone, they're going to get a first round pick for him. So they'd be up higher. Think about it like that. That's thank you. Right. I didn't even think of that. Yes. With that pick. Right. I like it. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you though. I don't know if he gets there, especially after all this draft process. I mean, it's so gonna, ridiculous. He's gonna like, test. He's gonna test like an absolute maniac, and he'll go to the pro day and launch a 80 yard bomb off of his knees like Jamarcus, <laughs> and then uh, he'll be a top ten pick. But legit, I I I was gonna say top ten. He's probably gonna be a top ten pick. It's just wild. Yeah. 
It's going to be really interesting. It's uh, what did he have like thirteen total games? It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been a really uh, and he had some weird. pretty he had some stinkers. He really did. I mean, obviously, he's just had like some plays that are just unreal. But all right. the highs yeah. are highs, the lows are low. Yeah, exactly. All right. Like uh, my my first fit that I really like is uh is CJ Stroud to the Seattle Seahawks with their first pick at pick five. Um, feel like this is kind of a perfect spot for a young quarterback. They already have a really strong roster that's young and loaded with pieces that are going to get you there for the next few years. The offensive line's young with Abe Lucas and Charles Cross. You already have your your bookend tackles for the next eight years. You have DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett, great pass catchers, and you obviously have Kenneth Walker. And their run percentage went down this year, but we know at Pete Carroll's core, he wants to run the football and he wants to set up play action. Stroud is elite uh, off the play action. So the big question for this team is what they're going to do with Geno Smith. It seems like they're going to give him an extension, but for how many years and how big the contract will be, um, looking at kind of a comparable situation just a few years ago, Tannehill got uh, a four-year $118 million deal in his age 31 season. Gino's going to be 33 next October. So a similar deal, maybe not as many years seems likely they're right. Right now they have 34 million in cap space. So that deal could take up the majority of their cap. But if you could draft Stroud, and then get a defensive piece with that second pick. Maybe you sign Geno to a two-year deal, but you have an out after the first year, and then you let Stroud sit. I think this is a really, really good spot for him. I know quarterback may not be what they think they need because this is a good roster, but I feel like you saw it against that in that game against the 49ers. They just needed something more dynamic on offense, and um feel like Stroud could do that for them. Yeah, I don't hate that, especially if they tag if they just tag Gino, give him a year. Um, like obviously no commitment or whatnot. So I think that could be a decent idea. Yeah. I was kinda I was struggling to if I wanted to put him in Seattle or put him in uh Detroit, because I feel like Detroit's an awesome situation too, with that offensive line and those weapons. But I feel like they're a little bit more secure in their quarterback future with golf at least at in this point than than Gino. So taking Seattle, uh, I think it'd be a good spot for him, but obviously who knows if, if they think they're two pieces away. We'll see. All right, right. Who you got for your uh, your second fit? I mean, this is pretty much what um, caused me to come up with this episode idea. So I'm going uh, Drew Sanders to the Giants. Uh, I think I just think it makes too, way too much sense. Uh, Drew Sanders, the five, he was a five-star edge coming out of uh, high school. He went to Alabama for two years, and obviously – it's tough to get on the field when you go to Alabama. They're just loaded with talent, especially at that position. Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, uh, list goes fucking on. So he transferred to Arkansas, kicked off ball, and he just absolutely had a breakout year. Uh, 103 tackles, I want to say. Uh, no, yeah, 103 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. The guy's 6'5, 232. So he looks like an edge. He plays off ball, but. He's like one of those rare guys who can do both. He has that reminds Micah. me of Micah. He has that Micah twitch in him. He's just a, le- just a little less juice, but he's yeah. bigger. Yeah, he, dude, he's a legit. Yeah, he's edge a rusher. He's a legit edge rusher. He can you can put you can put him on the edge and let him get after the quarterback, and he can do it 
like at an NFL level. He doesn't he look six five sometimes. Really, I think he looks but I, big. But I feel like he like he plays le- like it. But I feel like some, like just the way he moves, he like he moves like he's smaller. Well, his his uh, closing speed is ridiculous. I think it's tailor made for the NFL today, especially when you're in a conference or a division rather with Jalen Hurts. We have to go. He's going to be going out of the pocket. You have to close in on him. I think it makes too much sense there. Uh, and then just in this Wink Martindale scheme, they he's always blitzing. I mean, I'm obviously assuming he's going to stay. I know he's had some head coaching uh, interviews this off this uh, cycle, so we'll see how that goes. But I think it just makes so much sense. They love blitzing. I think you can move, you can use him as a traditional linebacker blitzing. You can let him come off the edge with uh, with Kayvon. I think it just would be a huge, huge addition to this defense, which is already playing out of their damn minds. So, yeah, I really like this fit. Uh, I also thought about Tampa too, the way they use their linebackers blitzing wise. Um, I feel like you always see Levante David and, and Devin White getting after the quarterback, but I'd really like this Giants fit too. All right, Dino, who you got for your second fit? Yeah, my second one's actually going to be fairly contingent on Wink uh, still being with the G Men next year as well. Sorry to double another Giants fit, but it's another Giant fit oh, uh, Giants. to the G Men. Luckily, we had like one rule, and Dean broke that rule. Bro, go it. ahead. I said, I said I was, I, I said I was still going to do it. I don't. Don't really talk about Fight Club, Dean. Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, this one's for Fabs. Then we'll, we'll do an extra one for 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 the homie. Um, but anyway, uh, going to go Deontay Banks, the, uh, the corner out of, out of Maryland. Honestly, I was going to do Clark Phillips, the third, my guy, um, at, you know, the Ute, uh, great corner, probably going to go, uh, definitely ahead of Deontay Banks, but I really was looking at this. And I wanted to have fun with it. And I don't I- know about definitely there chief. So the bold claim. No, yeah, no, I probably should not definitely. Probably not definitely. I'm actually going to make a bold claim right now that probably would counteract that. So that was kind of a dumb statement. But uh, this uh, Deontay Banks, he's not in many people's uh, top fives quarterback cornerback rankings. But right now, the G-men can hold anywhere from 24 to 31. Obviously, I'm going 24 to 31 because Miami's forfeiting their first round pick and they're going to be ahead of them. Uh, but... I don't see it being crazy that Deontay Banks at the you know end of the draft process can potentially sneak into the back end of the first. Uh, and really what kind of motivated me to do this and pick Deontay Banks is Wink loves, like you said, to do exotic blitzes and really bring the pressure and bring the heat early. And that maximizes, uh, you know, a number one, a number one cornerback, which he usually relies on very heavily to be on an island the way, same way he used Marlon Humphrey. And I saw a lot of compare, you know, a lot of comparison with Deontay Banks. He's going to be a, he's a big dude. He's like an inch or possibly even two inches taller than Marlon Humphrey. He's like six, two, six, three. He's bigger. He's a bit above 200, which Marlon Humphrey is around. And guy's got a fucking powerful punch timid receivers do not want to line up across from this guy he will make you fucking pay but he does get very 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 fundamentally destroyed you know with his feet when it comes to double moves would you like that <laughs> like that right um he, he's very susceptible to get beat uh long and marlon humphrey did the same thing in college he let up an average of like 17 yards uh per completion but he was dangerous in short to intermediate routes and did not 
let a lot of guys get into their routes. Great route recognition, same as Deontay Banks. So for a lot of those reasons, uh, I I really like I would really like this fit in that Wink Martindale, you know, defense, which has done amazing with little like a Dory Jackson is 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 a very good corn is a solid corner and he's had a great year but I mean right they need another corner in there I an mean, actual true one and yeah I mean it, Wink has like Wink has seven DBs on the field at points so yeah I mean more corners the better on that defense more, yeah without a doubt thanks Ray it's weird you, you you like you're like complimenting me today and helping me out today it's weird yeah you need, you, need your tra- you need some training wheels. All right, let's get to my second fit. Uh, I got Joey Porter Jr. to going to the Detroit Lions with their second pick, pick 18. Um, this team, and especially their D.C. Aaron Glenn, they really want to play man-to-man for the majority of the game. They moved off of it a little bit towards the back end of the season just because they didn't have the talent to do so. They got Jeff Akuda going a little bit. You saw some flashes, but... Um, he struggled. They need another corner opposite him, and they need somebody physical to to play the style of defense that they really want and let that front four who's getting better game by game with Hutchinson and with James Houston, they want them to get after the quarterback. Um, if you know what Joey Porter is, you're going to be happy with him if, you, if you're taking him. Um, he's a dominant press man corner. His hand placement's really good when he plays in press. Um, he's not going to get you a ton of interceptions. Honestly, I think interceptions are overrated. We always talk about that. Um, but if you know that's the style of defense that you want to play, this is this is your guy. Um, he had a really good year. He obviously let up a couple catches to, to Charlie Jones in the first game. But Chuck. Charlie. Aiden O'Connell, I think – he threw the ball over 60 times. So 67, I believe. Yeah. So he was going to get, he was going to get targeted in that game. It was also one of his best games uh, uh, during the season. He had like six pass breakups during that game. Um, So I really love this pair with him and Akuda. You get some young corners, long corners. And if you're not expecting him to be sauce Gardner, because he's not anywhere close to that, um, I just feel like sometimes people think that these long corners now are are all going to be so dominant um, and can play in any scheme. You don't really want to play him uh, in like a cover three shell. But if you just got him man on man, he's a really good corner and you're going to be happy with uh, with his production. Yeah, I like that fit. Uh, I think Detroit's definitely going to be looking for corner in this class, especially it's deep and talented. I feel like it's one of the probably the, the best positions in the, uh, with the draft. So we'll see who they target. Right. I feel like even them taking a corner at six is in play. Yeah, I could 100% see them taking a like Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. It would. Yeah. Fucking I like that. All right. Each got one more. Ray, who you got? Who's your last fit? I mean, this is like another one that I absolutely fucking loved. Um, this is like more of a day two pick, maybe even early day three, potentially. But uh, Deuce Vaughn to the uh, Miami Dolphins. I, I absolutely love this fit. Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to call him, but just a little bit of a shorter <laughs> running back, five six. Uh, but dude, it, can he fucking fly? I think he fits perfectly with this Dolphins team. That's probably the fastest in the NFL. Dude, what are you doing, dude? Get get up there. Probably the fastest <laughs> in the NFL. Um, so I think this year he this past year he had fifteen hundred uh, rushing yards. 
uh, to go along with nine rushing touchdowns, 42 receptions for 378 yards and three touchdowns. So he can do it. He can catch out of the backfield too, which is something I think that uh, the Dolphins are kind of lacking. I think Raheem Mostert was their leading receiver with like 30 receptions. He's getting older. And not only that, I think every single running back on their team is set to be a free agent. Mostert, Ahmad, Gaskin, and Jeff Wilson all all coming off the books at this year. So they need an influx of youth. Uh, and I just think that Deuce Vaughn fits this wide zone scheme of McDaniel perfectly. I think it just adds another fast speed element to their uh, team. You have to worry about him, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I think it's just a lot to, to a lot of pressure to put on defense. So I think it makes a lot of sense, especially because they don't have to uh, invest early, like day one capital in it too. I think he probably will be like maybe around the fifth running back off the board, I would assume. So I think it's a good value. And he's someone that you don't want him taking like 20 to 25 carries a game, I think, in the NFL. But he's going to be a really, really big part of a rotation. Nice. Like it. Dan, who you got for your last fit? Last fit is one that you basically see memes about all over Twitter. Uh, I really... What I'm getting at is how uh, the fucking meme of Bill Belichick with the uh, the Triple H uh, theme song in the back, and uh, he's walking out of the tunnel, and they're like, "Oh, when uh, when the Raiders say that uh, Hunter Renfro is available, basically this is going <laughs> to be his Hunter Renfro." Uh, sorry, it took me a while to get there. This is going to be more of a day two pick. I could see them potentially, you know, targeting this with with at the back end of the two. Uh, potentially with Carolina's pick they have in the third round, uh, pick number 77. Honestly, it's too early to tell. I He could go f- further down than that or or way ahead. He's definitely going to be here at this spot. Yeah, I, I who knows? Who knows? People, people are really starting to kind of see the value in elite possession receivers that have great yak ability. Which Charlie, which oh, I didn't even you didn't even it. announce it. I didn't announce the guy. It's Charlie <laughs> Jones from Purdue. Guy fucking was a stud this year. Ray was tooting that horn all year, which I got to give him respect. He was one of his first, I think, his absolute first uh, stock up guy, and thought he was going to have a great season, which he fucking did. I'm always first, bro. Always first. No, that's definitely not true. But uh, he had 1,361 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. Dude, the guy was just a fucking catching machine. And even though this is an offense that desperately, in my opinion, needs field stretchers, uh, I could see Belichick saying absolutely fuck that and just getting the guy that he wants in his offense, which is just elite possession receivers that are going to get you five, you know, catch it two yards down the field and take it for eight and get the first down. And that's going to be Charlie Jones all day. He tracks the ball very well really does for a, a shorter guy and he could actually surprise you down the with down the field catches with his tracking ability but he would just be more so like I said an elite possession receiver like an Edelman like a Wes Welker and wrap us up sauce all right nice that's a weird transition but okay yeah <laughs> concise, I, look, baby. I think you need to get the definition of concise in your head but <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely honestly uh, I would keep I would, honestly I would keep going, but right there I was just like, I think they want this to be done. So I just stopped. That's genuinely what I did. Okay. Good stuff. Uh my last player fit is uh Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. 
I really like this fit with the Green Bay Packers, possibly at pick 46 if he's there. Um, there are people that have been putting him in the first round, but we'll see what happens. I think everybody knows that Green Bay needs another weapon. They got some young ones with with Christian Watson and with Romeo Dobbs, but they really need to upgrade this tight end room because especially in this offense, their tight ends are used as blockers as much as they are pass catchers. And right now they're trotting out 38-year-old Mercedes Lewis to be their full-time tight end blocker because Robert Tunyon's literally incapable of blocking. He's had a run blocking grade of 46 and a pass blocking grade of 35. Absolutely brutal. So tough to even get on the field in in their offense for Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. I mean, absolutely brutal. But uh, both those guys are, are set to be free agents this year. So really like this fit with Darnell Washington. He's basically a six offensive lineman, 6'7", 270. This guy is a mover of bodies, an absolute crazy 80 block, 80 blocking grade this year at Georgia. But he's also got uh, pretty reliable hands. He had over 400 yards receiving this year. So I think he could bring a little bit into their red zone offense, be a big body target for Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, whoever is playing quarterback for them. But he also just really sets up this run game with – being an absolute mover of defensive linemen for a tight end for a guy that that at that big um playing tight end he's got really good feet he's got strong hands so really like the fit with green bay i think it's a, a plug and play yeah i like that fit too i think a tight end uh especially if they end up moving on from rogers and going with jordan love i think he'd be a, um, a good fit there i think they're gonna probably transition to a more run heavy scheme and that just fits what he does perfectly that really is a great fit. I I can't help but when I think of tight ends, think of always the craze in fantasy, wanting Aaron Rodgers tight end and how just roasted everyone's been since Jermichael Finley, which is I can't even fathom how many years ago. But this would be uh, an awesome hold to fill, even if Rodgers isn't going to be back. He's He's a stud, and I don't even understand how he looks like the biggest man in the world, and he runs routes. Yeah, you sound, you sound like such a boomer, fucking referencing your Michael Finley. That's a wild throwback. That is a wild throwback. But tell me, tell me, tell me a relevant Green Bay tight end since then. Uh, Mercedes Lewis. He's been Bob, there. Bobby Tons. Bobby Tons <laughs> has been pretty good. Bobby Tons has been. He's almost been good, but he has he not had, been good. He, he had, had like nine. Year. He had like ten touchdowns one year, right? Yeah, but he only had like. Probably like, yards he probably had like 250 yards. Yeah. <laughs> and Mercedes Lewis, you got to put some motherfucking respect on that guy's name. That guy is legit an ancient artifact playing football with like, and he's not playing quarterback. He, I'm pretty sure he might even be older than Tom Brady and he's a tight end, which is fucking bonkers. And what he's there to block too. So he's just in the fucking Nuts. trenches. He's literally just blocking. Fuck? Dude, um, that's like dad. He's just using dad strength. Yeah. I, I do think there's a possibility that, Washington could get selected before this, but Ray and I was, were talking about the, this tight end class a few days ago and kind of thought that Crazy. Um, it's a really deep class, so yeah. could could force some of the guys to end up moving down. Still think Michael Mayer is probably going to be a first-round pick, um, but it'll be interesting to see if there's a, a second Top guy. three are, are studs. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I can definitely see I think there's Washington. four really good ones. I can see Washington yeah. falling. He hasn't, doesn't really have the uh... – the history of pass being reliable. I mean, like an elite pass catcher. So it's a little bit more projection. I could see him falling to the second, their second round pick. Right. All right, fellas. That was fun. That was, I like that one. 
All right. Uh, so that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed a little playoff preview. Enjoy the games this weekend. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed our player prospect team fits. What what, yes, are, right. what, what team are we uh, rebuilding next week? I forgot what we said. Do you, have, uh, do you know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top of my head, but... I'll pull it up. I can find that very easily. Indy. All right. We have Indy next Colts. week. Wow, that's Indy next week task. and QB rankings next week. So let's fucking that's go. That's a tall task on that one. Love that. So rebuilding the Indianapolis Colts, the beginning of next week, and then we're going to end our first position group evaluations. Got the quarterbacks. Should be a good one, fellas. Let's hope Indy is a coach by then, or else it's going to be a little, a little weird. Yeah. We may have to call an audible. Yeah, maybe yeah. postpone that one, honestly. If not, screw call Raymond. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with number two and stick with us as we continue this 2022, 2023 season, fellas. Appreciate you. Love you. No, love you too. It's fucked up.